Hello and welcome back to livealittlehigher.com. Today we continue learning Hovos Halevavot, Duties of the Heart of Rabbi Bahia Ibn Pakuda, and we're in the Gate of Self-Accounting, Chapter 3. And uh, today he's going to teach us the different ways of serving God. So one should make an accounting with himself of the different ways in which we serve Hashem. And, um, and how we have to exert ourselves in our service. We should always try a little more. You know, I, I once heard a, a Rebetzin say, like, always do a little more. And if you're already doing it, try to do it a little better. Like, if you already keep Shabbat, you know what? Try to keep it better. If you give tzedakah, try to give it in a better way. Always try to do better than what you're doing. And so this is what Rabbi Pakula is telling us today, that we should exert ourselves in the service to Hashem. For if we were charged by the king to perform a certain task calling for physical action, we would spare no effort and energy to serve the king, a physical king, a human being. So if so much more a person exerts himself so much for an important individual, so much more we should do for Hashem. So uh, he says, Rabbi Pakuda, the expression at his disposal, withholding nothing from his repertoire of eloquence and fine rhetoric, metaphors and figures of speech, whether true or false, to celebrate the king. Like a person would go completely out of his way to serve a king. I remember many years ago, it's interesting, uh, we, went, we were invited to a dinner in which a very important person was invited. Very, like royalty, a very important person was invited. And this, this host that invited this person, you don't know everything he did to take care of this person. Like it was unbelievable, <laughs> everything he went to, to take care of this person. Like he really put his kitchen upside down to be able to take care of this person. So much more, you know, that a person gets so much out of his way to serve someone that is important, that is, that is important to him, so much more we should do for Hashem. So this he would do despite the weakness and insignificance of a human being and how swiftly his days end. Like we do for any person, how much more we should do for Hashem who is eternal. So similarly, this is how an intelligent individual should, should act in the service of God. Rabbi Takula, he's very straightforward. He doesn't eat words up and he doesn't try to, uh, you know, disguise what he's saying to make it sound nice. He's going straight to the point. He's saying, like, uh, a person is intelligent, he should know how to serve Hashem. Intelligence, it comes with intelligence. So any act devoted to God necessarily belongs to one of three categories. So one of the categories is the duties of the heart, which this whole book, two volumes of it are, are written for. The duties of the heart alone, which are the, what we aim to explain in this book, which is how we serve Hashem from the heart in prayer and in, in deeds. So duties of the body and heart together, such as prayer, Torah study, praising and glorifying God teaching wisdom, enjoying right conduct, warning against evil and the like. And then you have duties of the limbs alone in which the heart has no part except for initially directing the act to God. And this is like, for example, a person puts on the film, he goes to a sukkah, he shakes the lulav and the truck. So you have 
duties of, of the heart, which are the duties of our of our heart, of our feelings towards Hashem, contemplating God and watching the wonders of the world and, and, and arousing our love for Hashem. It has to come from the heart. And then you have heart, the heart and the body, which go together, and which is both the heart and the deed. And then you have things that are really um, duties of the limbs that are done with our with our body, with our limbs. So only for the with the body. So he says, Rabbi Pakuda, that distraction by other thoughts does not harm the one who performs them. When engaged in the duties of the heart, one is obligated to clear his mind of worldly thoughts and cares and to devote his heart and inner consciousness to God alone. So when you are doing things that are come from the heart towards Hashem, we should not be thinking about anything else but only God. We, we should only have Hashem in our minds. And uh, as it says, your sake has abolished all my other sorrows. My God, my sorrow for your sake has abolished all my so other sorrows. My concern with you has driven from my soul all other concerns. And this is right on point with Bitachon, with the Shar Habitachon, with the trust in Hashem, that when we're going through uh, something in our lives that detracts us from thinking about God, really uh, the beauty of this Pasuk, what it's saying is that when we are concerned about serving God, then all our sorrows will disappear because our whole concern is Hashem. I heard a beautiful story this week about a deer that is going to give birth. And this deer goes right next to a creek in a forest and suddenly it starts it starts thundering and the, and the deer looks up and it sees that there's the, the sky got really dark and there's a lot of thunder and, and, and lightning. And suddenly the deer looks down and she sees far away there's a big fire in the forest. And, but this deer, she needs to give birth. And she's looking, oh, it's gonna pour or, or, the, or the forest is gonna burn. She starts wondering like, what am I gonna do, right? So that detracts the deer from her service to Hashem. It's an analogy. And suddenly this deer sees, she's gonna run. She sees that there's this hunter right behind her and he's already ready to throw the, the, the arrow towards her. And then she's, she turns around and what does she see? She sees a lion that is ready to eat her up. So she's doomed. So what does she do? She says, okay, I'm gonna concentrate on what I have to do. What I have to do right now is give birth. I have to give birth. So she lies down. The minute she lies down, there's, there's lightning strikes the, the hunter. The arrow that he's throwing to, towards the deer, since she lies down, hits the lion, kills the lion. Suddenly this thunder, this big rain starts coming down and it, and it uh, turns off the fire in the forest and this deer gives birth completely safe, unharmed, nothing happened to her, like nothing happened to her. So this is what, what it's saying here, for, because if we put our concern in Hashem, if we give it to Him, you know, what is it that I have to do right now? What, am I ask, what is He asking from me at this moment? Then at that moment, you put that concern on Hashem, and then He will drive away all your other concerns. So of duties such as these can be predicated the statement of our masters of blessed memory, religious precepts require directed consciousness. So when a person is doing a mitzvah, he needs to do it 
intentionally. It cannot be something done mechanically. You have to put your, your head into it. And if a person is engaged in one of the duties of the heart and limbs together, such as prayer or offering praise to God, may he be exalted. He should free himself from worldly and otherworldly activities and clear his mind of all thoughts that would distract him from the essence of prayer. He's very blunt on this. He's very strong on this. I, I know that when people pray, they, they're wondering. Their heads go in different directions. You're thinking about the most stupid things when you're praying. The Yetzirah comes inside. But he's very strong about it. He says you really have to fight it. You really have to continuously be cleaning your mind and, and continuously be, be con uh, concentrated on your prayer. And um, Hasidut teaches, by the way, that if you are praying and all these things start coming into your head, you have to continue prayer. Like, don't stop. Continue. Push it away. The Alter Rebbe says, push it away with both hands. Continuously push it away, push it away, and continue praying. And eventually, you'll be able to master this, this, uh, this Mida. So you should know that the words are uttered with the tongue and are like the husk, while meditation on the words is like the kernel. So when you're, when you're uttering the words with the tongue, is like the husk, and the, and, the, and, the, and the prayer is like the kernel. The recital of the prayer is like the body, while the meditation is like the soul. When one prays with his, with his tongue, while his heart is preoccupied with something other than the meaning of the prayer, his prayer is like a body without a soul, or a husk without a kernel. So, yeah, the, 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 the thoughts are going to come. It's inevitable. It's inevitable. That's our makeup. That's the design. We, we're, we, we're designed like this. There's nothing you can do. But what he's saying and what I've learned in other sources is that what you have to do is not contemplate these thoughts. Just throw them out. Throw them out. And if you have to do it a hundred thousand times while you're praying, this is what you have to do. But keep throwing them out. And just look at what we say at the conclusion of the Amidah, of the prayer, the Shemone Esre, that we say, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable before you. If a person's thoughts during the, the Shemone Esre prayer dwell on some worldly matter, permitted or forbidden, then they conclude by saying, may the meditation of my heart be acceptable before you. Is this not most, most shameful, <laughs> says the Rabbi, Rabbi Bakuda. Like, think about it. It's ridiculous. So our sages of blessed memory said, one should gauge himself. If he's capable of concentrating, he should pray. But if not, he should not pray. This is in Berahot. And before Rabbi Eliezer died, he included in his charge to his disciples, when you pray, know before whom you're praying. So before you pray, like, be conscious of who you're approaching. Uh, if you were going to go and talk to a high dignitary of the government, you would put your whole attention on this person. You wouldn't be looking down your, your cell phone to see what messages you have. You would put it away, you would turn it off, and you would give your undivided attention to this very important person. So the same way Rabbi Pakuda says, before you pray, remember who you're praying to. So when you pray, know before whom you're praying. And scripture says, prepare to meet your God, O Israel. 
It's, uh, it's suspicious that before you pray, you give tzedakah. It's suspicious that you, that you meditate on, on, on who you're praying to. Give it some minutes and, and pray to God that he allows you to pray. They, they say that the big tzaddikim used to spend one hour before prayer asking Hashem that he should allow them to pray. So you should know, my brother, that our goal in prayer is none other than the soul's longing for God and its submission before him that it's glor it glorify its creator, offering praise and thanksgiving to his name, casting all its burdens upon him. And since it's difficult for the soul to recall all this, this without the aid of orderly composition and arrangement, our sages of blessed memory, they, they design the Siddur, the Siddur, the prayer book, the, the prayers are designed specifically in the order that they are and the words that are there. Everything is designed to help you be able to connect to Hashem. So therefore, our masters of blessed memory formulated these ideas in definite words so that a person could then recite them for th thought is influenced by speech and stimulated by words. So the, the prayer consists of words and their meanings. Words need meaning, and meaning, however, needs no words. So when it is possible to grasp it in the heart, for the meaning is on primary aim and the essence of our purpose. So what he's saying is that spe thought, speech, and thought and speech are truly connected in the sense that if you're praying and you're not verbalizing what you're saying, the prayer stays up there and it never comes out. And by verbalizing it, that's why when you go to a synagogue, you see people that are praying, they're swaying, they're moving, they're moving their lips. This we learned from Hannah. Hannah who came to, to, to Shiloh to pray and uh, she couldn't have children and she, was, she looked like a drunken woman. And the prophet Elijah saw her and he admonished her. And she says, I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not drunk. I'm just drunk of pain. I have so much pain in me that I'm praying to God that I should have a child. And this child I'm gonna consecrate to, the, to, to Hashem. It's, it's for Hashem, I want a child for Hashem. And the, the prophet said to her, to her your, your answers are gonna be, your prayers are gonna be answered because they really came from the depth of her, of her heart. And, and she moved, she swayed like a drunk person and she moved her lips. And from here we learned this is the correct way to pray. And so does prayer consist of words and their meanings? This is beautiful what he says, I'm gonna repeat. Whose words, words need meaning and meaning however needs no words. And so when it is possible to grasp in the heart for the meaning, it is our primary aim and essence of our purpose. That the meaning behind the prayer is our, our love for God. This is, this is why we pray, to show our love. And said, let both words and thoughts be redirected to God alone. Free your body of all motion and restrain your senses and thoughts from involvement in any worldly matter while you are praying. So when you're praying, turn your phone off or put it somewhere else. Don't go in and do things while you're praying. Just concentrate, give it the time it, it deserves and, and the space and the intimacy that, that prayer really uh, should be given to. So if you pray as God has commanded, you live up to the trust he places in you and he will accept your prayer. Uh, when one is about to perform any of the duties of the limbs, like for example, sukkah, lulav, uh, 
the feeling, or other precepts we can mention that belong to this category, he must first direct his heart to God before he performs it so that the essence of his performance be abided by God. So like, just like eating, for example, which is such a mundane thing, and it's a necessity for us to be kept alive, like something like eating, we should first acknowledge Hashem. We should, that's why we say the brahas, but it should be with intention, not mechanical. We should really know what we're saying and we should feel it. So then he should strive hard to fulfill the act perfectly. We should not be, you know, we should not be people that are, that are complacent. We should, we should never be complacent, you know. We should always feel that we can do better. Not in a way that will diminish our joy in our lives and make us feel bad about ourselves. This is Hasbe Shalom, not the point here. We should never feel so bad and so inept that we can serve, that it will like hinder all our, our, all our intentions to serve Hashem. But on the other hand, we should feel that we can always perfect ourselves, that we can always, we always have room to grow and we always have room to be better. And, uh, and this is the, the message today. So I wanna wish you a blessed week and remember, live a little higher. Thank you.